if you figure, let's say there's 100,000 people in your city and you wanted to reach, half of them are probably on Facebook, so it's 50,000 people. Okay. You would multiply 50 by $25 because that's the average cost to reach 1,000 people and that's how much it would cost to reach every person in your city once. Okay. So for every 1,000 people, it costs 25 bucks. Okay. That's just a rough guideline, but that's roughly about what it is. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Hi, friends. I'm Tracy Hicks with All Things Real Estate. And I'm Matt Rouse from Hook SEO Digital Marketing. So today we're doing a dual podcast with Getting Your Real Estate Life Together. And Digital Marketing Masters. Okay, so... How Matt and I know each other is Facebook ads. Right. And you weren't having any luck with (laughs) Facebook ads originally. Thanks. We weren't doing them at all. Right. I started All Things Real Estate in 2015. It took us about a year to figure out what in the world we were doing, what we were selling, all that good stuff. And then we hired a company to help us sort through what we were going to do. We knew we wanted Facebook ads. And back then it was still pretty new, I think. Yeah. How long have face, Facebook ads been around? Well, I think the, the original ones were about 2012. Uh, they just were sidebar ads. Yeah. Way yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And everybody was like, so with this Facebook thing, like, how are they going to make money? And everybody and then- was like, those little ads <laughs> on the sidebar, no one would click on those. Why would you right, do that? But exactly. meanwhile, people were just crushing it, making millions of dollars, paying nothing for those ads. Right. I wish I could go back in Can time. Can we go back to 2012? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we hired a company that didn't work out so great. Actually, what we did get out of that disaster was we found our brand voice mm-hmm. without even knowing that that's what we should have been looking for. And so that all in all, you know, um, I'm not glad we went through that process, but that's another like fail that you learn from. And we definitely figured out what we didn't want our audience and our customers and our people to see us as. And so we really learned a lot from that. And then I think I put it on Facebook and was like, does anybody have any Facebook ads people that they really like? Because at that point... I had right. no trust, so I needed somebody that could refer, and then a realtor friend. It was, it was, talking about trust, it was Darcy Edwards yep. from Edwards Realty Trust. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's so right. she referred us to you, and I think we started with like $500. Yeah, we're going to test out for a week or two. And <laughs> I think after the first week, you were like, um, we need to boost this up a little bit more and get yeah. your budget up. And back then, I mean, you could, and this actually still holds true today, is you can double your budget every three days without it ruining the system. So what we were doing is, yeah, every three days we were trying to double the budget. Right. And actually, I think we were going up 30% every three days to start with. And then as long as it keeps giving you money. Yeah, the return on investment was huge. So we kept adding and then... Now that's not a typical... (laughs) <laughs> response. You okay, know, well, a lot of times talking, it takes a lot of work to get it to work. Exactly. Right? Okay. So we're talking about Facebook ads. We might as well just go into that right. first. But today we did want to talk about, so we want to talk about Facebook ads. Yeah. We'll talk about social media. Yeah. We can talk about email um, marketing. Email marketing. And maybe we'll talk about Pinterest. A Pinterest bit. is a new thing for us. So I'm excited about that. We'll talk about that. Okay. So back to Facebook ads. So 
back then, like most of the real estate ads get flagged for housing, but that didn't used to happen. Correct? Yeah, that's only in the last year. Okay. So explain why do real estate ads on Facebook get flagged? Explain that part of it. Facebook got in some kind of legal trouble. I think it was with the Fair Housing Act. Okay. And the idea then is to ensure that you're not doing any kind of steering, right? right. Steering is, I'm sure most realtors understand what steering is, but for anybody on, in my audience who may not know, is that if you're running advertising for housing, you can't use terms like, you know, great if you have kids or something right. like that, because then Close you're- to. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't use terms where you're trying to identify who the people are that should move into your property. Right. And that's, you know, to stop things like housing discrimination. Yeah. And it makes sense once it gets like at first I was like, why are these keep getting flagged? And for us, we're not selling property. We're selling product, but we're selling it to real estate. So we get flagged just as much as realtors do if they were to try to boost a property. Well, you have the word real estate in your domain name. Yeah. So the algorithm automatically flags every ad we create for your store and says that it's disapproved because we didn't check the box that says this is for housing. (laughs) And then I have to go talk to them every single time we make an ad, which is, I mean, I'm on with them like five days a week now. Yeah. Well, and it's a good thing. I mean, like once I got it explained, like first it was so annoying and then once you explained it and once I like actually comprehended like, oh, that makes total sense is that right. you can't, we have to have those things in place in order for people to say, you know, obviously we're living in a time right now and things are changing really quickly in terms of diversity, which is fantastic. Right. And, but a lot of people just never even realized. And so you can't even saying close to school or nearby because what's near for an able-bodied person that can walk right. versus somebody in a wheelchair may not, you know, two blocks may not be close by for them. Right. So, and you just don't think about that kind of stuff if it doesn't really, you know. And if you're in Facebook or Instagram ads, right, they both, it's the same interface for Facebook and Instagram. Right. Instagram, but when you check the box, what happens is it takes out options for targeting. Okay. And those are things that, that, that you can't target, like people with children of a certain age. Or, right. I mean, there's still a little bit of targeting in there. Yeah, there's economic targeting. So what can you target? So you used to be able to target people by income. They took that out completely a few years ago after the big kind of scandal about having too much personal data about people. (laughs) Which they already had it. Well, let's get back to that in a minute. (laughs) So what they replaced it with was income by zip code. Oh, wow. So you can target a zip code that but has a, a higher person. income, but not a person who has a higher income. Okay, but how do they know the income for those zip codes? Because it's publicly available information from the IRS, I believe it is. Oh, wow. So it's publicly available data. So, so even if you haven't reported, well, I guess you are reporting it right. when you're So if you have a luxury taxes. brand, right, you could say, and let's say you're advertising to the entire United States. Okay. You could say, I want to advertise to people who are in a zip code that has an average net worth of over a million dollars. Wow. And that's how you would just target wealthy people. Okay. But it's going to get everyone in that zip code who lives in or works in or is currently in that zip code at the time. But they're at a million dollars. Right. So it's not, it's not as accurate, right. I guess you could say. Okay. But there's other ways that you can target people. Like they're a little kind of sketchy, right? <laughs> I mean, like an example would be like you can't target someone and say, I want to target 
LGBTQ people. Right. Right. But you could say, I want to target people who are interested in Pride Day, you know, oh, these kinds of things like okay. Gay Pride Magazine and stuff like that. Yeah. Because so, let's be honest, like if you're advertising a product or even a listing or whatever, you you don't want to send a beef right. jerky ad to a vegetarian. Right. You're wasting your money. So and we actually have a company that we do beef jerky <laughs> ads for. I think that's why I thought of that. Yeah. Was on my and we brain. exclude vegans and vegetarians from right. our list. Yeah, because... Yeah. But mostly it's people who are interested in vegan cooking. It would be the... It's not someone who is a vegan. It's oh, okay. We exclude someone who's interested in vegan cooking. Yeah, because how right. would you know... If they're vegan, except well, I mean, for Facebook what they knows. look. Yeah, and exactly. Google knows, right? Yep. There is an amazing amount of data that they have. Now, so here's a magic trick, okay? This is the magic trick that nobody understands about Facebook ads. Oh, no. Is that just because you don't have access to the targeting doesn't mean Facebook doesn't <laughs> have access to the target. Because <laughs> right. they still have the data. Oh, yeah. They're just not giving you access to it. Well, and you're giving them data just by scrolling and tapping on something. That is giving them right. data. You haven't you haven't typed anything in, but everybody says it. You know, you're like, oh, whoa! Well, I was just talking about buying a canoe, and now there's canoe. No, right. you probably but we can we can talk about that in a sec because I know that something. trick too. <laughs> so, let's say if if you use like the LGBTQ example, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say I advertise to people who are interested in in kind of Pride Day and things like that yeah. that 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 they're interested in, yeah. which are available options for targeting and. Let's say a whole bunch of male people who identify as gay buy things from my website. Okay. Then I can create a lookalike audience in Facebook of people who have purchased from my website. And Facebook will go and automatically say, all of these people happen to be men and all of them happen to be gay and all of them are in this certain age range and all of them are people who are likely to purchase items online after seeing a Facebook ad. Oh, so we're going to wow. take all of those people in our audience and show them your ad. So it's going to use the targeting that you're not allowed to use to find the people to show your product to. Right, because Facebook wants you to Facebook spend more it. money you on can't ads. Use it. Yeah. And and I don't want to single out Facebook cuz Google does the same thing. Right. So for my audience's sake, when if I'm a realtor, I'm not tech savvy, I don't love Facebook, but I know that my seller is on Facebook all the time and wants that to be a part of the marketing or whatever. Mm -hmm. So what is the best route for me to put a listing on Facebook and then spend some money on advertising, like boosting it or whatever? What's the right. best bang for my buck or what's the best way to do that? My favorite use is to do geographical targeting and then I would put make an event for your open house and then advertise the event for your opens. Okay. And the object of that, according to Facebook, when you go put it in, you're trying to say, I want to try and show this to as many people as possible, right. not necessarily get people to come to your open house. Okay. And then pick a geographic circle of where you think your buyers are. Right. You can't specifically target like a whole bunch of little areas, but you can say, give me a five mile circle around this house or something Zip like that. Zip code, yeah. Right? Yep. Or everyone in this city. Okay. So kind of a good way to gauge that is there's a metric in advertising called CPM, which is the cost per meg. It's the cost to reach 1,000 people. We're going to do some math, <laughs> Don't folks, get all nerdy. But it's not going to get too complicated. <laughs> if you figure 
let's say there's a hundred thousand people in your city and you wanted to reach half of them are probably on Facebook. So it's 50,000 people. Okay. You would multiply 50 by $25 because that's the average cost to reach a thousand people. And that's how much it would cost to reach every person in your city once. Okay. So for every thousand people, it costs 25 bucks. Okay. That's so just a rough guideline, but that's right. roughly about what it is. So analytics and data, and I do this all the time when I am looking at our reach, it'll mm-hmm. be like, it reached this many people, but this many people viewed it. What does that mean, reach? That means it went in their feed reach and they didn't click it? Reach is how many different people it was put in the feed of those people. So they scrolled right past it. They could it. have scrolled past it. Okay. But that's how many different people. Impressions is how many times it was done total, even if it was in one person, if it was shown to one person more than once. Okay. There's also a metric in there called frequency. Frequency is how many times per person was it shown to. Okay, so if I do a, a live and it's in there, so I don't care about, I shouldn't be looking at how many times. So if the reach is 500, but the views is 1,000, then it means 500 people watched it twice. twice. Okay, so it's... But now remember a view means they looked at it for roughly three seconds. Right. So that's not a very long (laughs) period of time. Right. Views on Facebook are notoriously bad for being incorrect. Okay. Now, not just, not necessarily like not in your advantage. There could have been way more than you see. Right. But there also could have been way less. So what number do we go off of if we're wanting to really know? If the result that you want happens, then you're doing it enough. So I have to have a, res- a result in mind when I do it. I think a so. video <laughs> or a live right? or... Okay. So if you're doing live videos and people are commenting on it, that's a good signal. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, Comments are a good signal, link, like likes. Yeah. If people hit the like or the heart or the care or whatever all the buttons are now. And that helps. Keep adding them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that helps also get it more into the algorithm, right? Is that yeah. Is that true that if the more likes you get, the more it gets seen? Yes. Okay. So every social media platform is based on engagement. Yeah. And the more engagement, the more reach. Okay. Now there's also a limit to the amount of reach you can get on certain platforms now. Okay. On well, pretty much every platform at this point. Yeah. But Everybody's always asked me, what's the magic bullet to get more reach? How do I reach more people? How do yeah. I find more new people that I'm not already sending to? Yeah. And live video is the magic bullet. And then everybody suddenly like doesn't believe in magic. They're like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know, I mean, I see a lot of people that have a lot of likes, but that are asking, like hit the Red heart, if you agree, hit the, right. you know, or whatever. And it's, I don't think those tricks work very well anymore. Yeah, you know? I always thought it was really annoying. I so it's kind of like on like, YouTube no, and everybody's like, you know, make sure you comment, like, and share yeah, and hit yeah. the bell button. You know, yep. it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Right? I mean, we all know if yeah. we, nobody wants to be told to like something. But I do like, one thing that we did try was, you know, give us a key emoji if you... I can't remember what the question was, but so I, well, actually that was probably a contest. Right. I think we required it. Yeah. If it's a contest, something. you know, you're like, Hey, type in the comments, such and such word, yeah. if you want to be entered to win a such but and such thing. But we also know you can't ask them to do too many things. Right. If you're trying to do a giveaway or a contest, they work really great for engagement for sure. 
but you know, tagging people and all that, you have to, again, it goes back to intention. Like you have to have, uh, you have to know what the outcome is that you want before you, if you have a live video, the biggest thing that's going to grow it is sharing. If people share that video, especially while you're live. So that means that whatever you're right. putting in so your video like, has to be shareable. I think the only thing that you should really be saying in a video to get people to engage is say something along the lines of, you know, if you are finding this to be something helpful. that's helpful, tag one of your realtor friends who yes. would be, you know, or whatever it is that you're doing, right? Yeah. But in your case, I mean, it's going to be real estate agents, right? Well, and that's a good idea too for the lives, like asking people to tag a friend. I mean, we we should even do a live contest. Right. I didn't even <laughs> think about that. The other thing with live, there's about an eight second delay to start with. So yeah. anything you say in the first eight seconds get- is, well, I mean, it will if people watch the replay kind of thing, but usually between that eight to 20 seconds, it, it's going to skip ahead to the point that you're at in the live and kind of cut off the beginning, right? So if somebody, let's say you're going to go live in 30 seconds and somebody gets notified and joins in like 60 seconds, oh, it's going to put them not from the start where you recorded. It's going to put them a few seconds like after, after you that. Started. So, but you know what? You kind of want to BS and, and, and stuff for the first, you know, 20, 30 seconds. Yeah, but I, it's so annoying to me when people are like just sitting there like, okay, I'm going to wait for a few people to hop on. Yeah, no, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't do that. <laughs> Have I mean, something to talk about that's not vital to your point. Yeah, I mean, you could also just explain, you know, you could introduce yourself or explain what you're getting ready to do or just... You know, be like, hey guys, how's the weather today or something? Right. But uh, the, it's so annoying people say One of the ones like, I follow all the time, they talk about what they're drinking. They're like, well, today <laughs> I have a pour over from Stumptown Coffee and it's right. a vanilla bean, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Right. What are you guys drinking? You know, and then people put it in the comments. Oh, yes. Duh, duh. Then you get some That's engagement. It. There you go. Right. And so, it's not annoying to have to sit there and wait. Right. So you can do live video on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can do it on LinkedIn, but you got to be approved first. And it's a pain in the ass to get approved. My, my channel is still not approved for live on LinkedIn. I don't I've applied know why like six I would want to do a live on LinkedIn. I would, people, I would, more people are doing it now, but. I would do a live and. Do live on TikTok? No, I'm not doing that either. <laughs> no TikTok. <laughs> I'm just for saying me. you have the ability to do live <laughs> I know, on TikTok. That's not happening for me. But the other thing too is if you do a live on Facebook you can get an embed code from there right right and put it wherever I think a lot of people don't realize that so if you do a live or if you do a video on your phone and you post it to Facebook you click the three dots right mm-hmm. edit it and there'll be an embed code in there so you can take that code you can put it on your website you can put it on LinkedIn so, it also gives yeah, you a link to copy, but then it links you, you back to Facebook, right? Yeah, I would link them back to Facebook. Okay. And LinkedIn doesn't want you telling people to leave LinkedIn to go to Facebook. No. Right. So that's just going to get, it's just going to die in the feed pretty much right So away. if you do a video on your phone, then the best thing is to just upload it to Facebook, upload it you to You should LinkedIn. always try and work, they call it natively. So if you're going to upload a video to like YouTube, you should also upload the video to Facebook, not share it from YouTube to Facebook. Really? Yes. <sighs> So you want to natively upload video to each platform you can. I also forgot you can do Twitter too through Periscope. So you can do live. Doesn't everybody have YouTube? I mean, isn't it easier to just put it on YouTube and then take that code and... It's easier. But 
the, so what's the, the algorithm's not going to award reward you for that uh, in any way. So there's more than one algorithm. This is what happens. People get confused. They they call it the algorithm, but there's not. There's more than one on every platform. So when you upload something to Facebook, it's checking for things it thinks that are spam, stuff that's not allowed. There's all kinds of stuff it checks for. Okay. Um, things that are inciting violence and all kinds of stuff gets okay. checked. Yeah. And then it also kind of gives it a ranking and says, should we give this extra additional reach or should we lower that reach somewhat depending upon the content? Yeah. Those are all tweaks that Facebook makes on their end that they don't tell you about. <laughs> and then the other algorithm is the one that generates the feed that each user, each person on the platform sees. And okay. that one is based on which stuff has the algorithm learned that you like to see or that keeps you on the platform longer. Here's where I glaze over. So the combination of those <laughs> two is what gets something seen. Okay. So here's the, here's the, the, the end of it. Short is, version of it. Well, I mean, it, the, it is a short version. It's the whole version. Is you have to have something that Facebook wants on their platform that is also something that the person who wants to see it wants to see regularly. Okay. Right? So if somebody likes videos and you're right. going to post a video, if you post one from YouTube, Facebook doesn't like that, so your people aren't necessarily going to see it. Right. But if you post a video that you upload natively, which Facebook likes, then your person who likes video is going to see it. Right. Okay. So it's not a magic formula like one size fits all. Every single user gets a different feed. Right. That's why it's customized specifically to, specifically to every single person. Right. And it's based on a couple hundred thousand parameters. So it's unbelievably complicated on their end. Anybody who tells you they've figured it out is full of shit. Dang. Well, I didn't, I don't know what I got out of all that because my <laughs> brain is super full right now. But I do, I, I think that, I think where people get hung up, especially for us too, is you have to do all the things like you have to do a live and then you have to do a video and upload it organically to, you know, we do the same thing with Instagram where it's mm -hmm. like, okay, we want to do a live on Instagram, but usually those lives, we just do live there. We usually use two phones. We put yeah. one on Instagram and one on Facebook and try to do them at the same time. It doesn't always work that way. But the other thing that we've done is we use the Mevo to do a live on Facebook. It also records it. It downloads it mm -hmm. to Vimeo. Vimo? No, Vimeo is the money one. Vimeo is right. the video one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so then we can pull it from there and then put it on IGTV right. and YouTube if necessary. So we use Squadcast for our lives. Okay. And you can have up to six people on it at once, right? Yeah. So you can have more people you can screen share to. Okay. And... Then we broadcast that to YouTube, Facebook. You can actually do Facebook pages and your personal one and groups. Oh, so okay. you could technically, if you have a whole bunch of different accounts on Facebook, like yeah. you have pages and groups and all kinds of stuff, yeah, yeah. then you could broadcast all of them at the same time. Okay. Plus YouTube, plus LinkedIn if you've been approved. Yeah. The only thing you can't do is broadcast to Instagram because Instagram doesn't have an API for video. Right. There is software that will allow you to broadcast to Facebook and Instagram at the same time, but it's against Instagram's terms of service, so don't you use it because you don't want to get your Instagram account banned. And shut down, yeah. That yeah. would freak me out. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Instagram for just a minute. Sure. 
You guys um, do great on Instagram. Yeah, it's been one of our best platforms. But for us, it's because of our audience. We have, you know, real estate agents are our audience, and they are so busy realtoring that they and they're so visual because obviously houses and right. all that good stuff. So that really works well for us. Also, too, realtors really love to learn from other realtors or borrow ideas. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about engagement. Right. Because it is so picture based. Like people just want to scroll through pictures or whatever. How do you like with captions and things like that, algorithm wise, what are your thoughts on like what the caption should be, how long it should be, what should be in it? Like right. any of that stuff, algorithm based? Everybody kind of studies what is the text and stuff I should put in when a lot of times that is the least important thing. Really? And the most important thing is what's what's the photo? Right. That's what Instagram's system is trying to determine what photos people engage with and show them more photos like that photo. Wow. So and that kind of goes back to when you were talking about like, you know, oh, we were talking about something and then it showed up on Facebook or it showed up on Instagram. Yeah. What's happening a lot of times is there is a deep learning program on on all these platforms that is scanning every photo that you upload. It's not just scanning to say, oh, this is a photo of Tracy, like facial recognition. It's scanning, like say it's a picture of you in your office. It's going to go, okay, you have an HP computer and you have this kind of microphone and you have this kind of desk and then these are the the items in your background. So you like this color of things and you like this stuff. (laughs) And it'll use that for targeting for advertising. Wow. So it's trying to determine from your photos what are other things that you like. I, and I just heard that they are doing a shop thing for YouTube where you can actually shop for products exactly like that, mm-hmm. where there's a picture and there, because I do that. I'm like, oh, I love that right. in their office or whatever. Where can I get that? That's just so crazy. YouTube will catalog all of the stuff in every single frame of every video that's uploaded. What? So an g- example is like if somebody is filming and they're like walking through like a, they're like filming. So my, my child likes these little kid videos. And a lot of times they'll be like the mom is pushing them through like Walmart in a shopping cart or something yeah. in the video, which yeah. I'm not a huge fan of. But <laughs> YouTube is cataloging all of the product on the shelves in the Walmart while they're driving. No way. Seeing which stuff they put in their cart, all that kind of stuff. They know when the person's outside in the parking lot, they can tell from the structures and and uh, all the things that are around them, where they are. And so then they know what product is in that store on that shelf, wow. right? So all that kind of stuff gets cataloged. Same with audio is all completely cataloged. <laughs> Talking about That's cataloging, funny. they just added the feature for you to search podcasts by text on iTunes. So if you're an Apple wow. podcast, you open a podcast, you can actually, I think you slide up for it. And then there's a feature where you can type it in and it'll tell you where that text is in the podcast. No way. So you could search this podcast for like, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Go to the LinkedIn (laughs) section. That's cool. So anyways, I know that's kind of a decide. We kind of That's a good one though. Going down the rabbit hole a bit there, but Yeah, but technology, I think for the most part, it's a necessary evil is how most people look at it. It's like we think of all the stuff that we don't like about it and not the stuff that we do like about it and what we can it's usually because we don't know how to use it. It's that fear of the unknown. So I think, you know, just by getting more information on 
you know, even just like what we're talking about with Facebook, where it's like, I didn't understand why our ads were getting flagged until it was explained to me in a way that, you know, it's like, oh, I get it now. That makes sense. And then you can make sure that you're, you know, putting your ads out correctly and they're still going to get flagged, but you at least know how to, well, not all Facebook ads get flagged, right? No. So if you're doing ads for real estate on Facebook, there's a box that you check yes. that says that this is for housing. Yes. And, and then it if automatically. If it's for housing, then it automatically pulls out the targeting you're not allowed to use. Right. But then the other way that it gets flagged is if you're putting personally identifiable information in the, into the description for your right. ad, right? Okay. So in that, in that ad text that goes along with whatever photo you've chosen, yeah. they are very picky about it. Right. So. Okay. I would say it's safe to say you don't want to wor- use the word you in your ad. Like, are you the type of person oh, using that kind of language will almost always get it flagged. Yeah, this <laughs> is great house for you because it's Facebook considers that targeting, targeting, personally identifying. Wow. Um, you can't use things like before and after photos. Uh, oh. That's more in the health space. But not only that, it's not just what's in your ad. But when they click on it, the landing page that it goes to, they also look, look at, at that, that to determine if they're going to use your ad. That makes sense. So if your ad goes to a page and that page says, this house is great for families. And you yeah, know, so yeah. you have to be careful on both sides. But then, I think if you're doing events and stuff, like if it's an open house and it goes to a page that says the information about the open house, you're going to be safe. Right? right. So that's another thing, too, that we wanted to talk about really quick. We didn't want to spend too much time on COVID and all of that, but... We had a product that we had named the photo. We didn't, it was in the very beginning of trying to figure out what products we needed to put out for right. COVID. We didn't want to ever say that these were COVID products, right. but we didn't know what to call them yet. So internally with my designer, we were like, okay, this is the COVID collection. She had named the photos that the description in the ad and the title of the product didn't say COVID, but the image did. Yeah, the file name of the image. The file said name COVID. of the image said COVID and Facebook rejected it. Yes. So you can't officially, say officially, even right now, and it's what, June twenty sixth or something? Yeah. Facebook still officially says you cannot sell masks or PPE product on Facebook or Instagram. Now I've seen like a hundred ads a day. <laughs> Right. For masks. We have an advertiser where we're advertising masks for them right now. Okay. But the official stance is that it's not allowed. And so, I'm not sure if, I mean, there's, there's this weird space in Facebook between like what they tell you you're allowed to do, what you're actually allowed to do and what you're going to get in trouble for. Right. And it's a fine line that, I mean, if you're a real estate agent, you don't want to cross the line. No. Because if you get your account banned, right now you're in real trouble. Right, and it's right. Re- probably really hard to get yeah. out of that hole. Okay, but why? What's the reason for not being able to use the word COVID on Facebook? They didn't want people doing like profiteering from stuff. So it's it's also they has they considered a negative connotation. <laughs> That's why we didn't want everybody's call it that supposed either. to be happy on Facebook, right? Right. Except right. that they love it when people argue with each other because it's engagement and it oh. keeps people on the platform longer. So you can show more ads. That happening right now. Right. So okay, so you can't use the word COVID or Corona. To be clear, when you're advertising a product, right? You can't. I haven't tried it with a real estate ad. Oh. But what we have said is stuff like 
safe virtual open house, right? you know, something like that. So that's why I brought this up is because if a realtor is using it for their virtual open house and you, and, and this is something that we've been telling our customers all the time, like you have to explain how you're doing your open houses right now, Mm -hmm. because if people don't feel safe or comfortable or think you're taking it seriously, then they're not going to come or they're not, you know, they're going to skip over your listing or whatever. So, but you may find out that you could get in some ad problems if you say something like we're providing masks and gloves and stuff, because then it could look like you're trying to advertise masks. Yeah. Also, if you have a picture of yourself in a mask in the ad, it might get flagged. (laughs) Really? Right. But then you have to go to ad support to get them to reapprove it. Right. So when Facebook says no, that's an automated no. Right. And no doesn't mean no to Facebook. No. They're like. But who knows Facebook people? I mean, I have you. So that's why. That's right. I, so, if I ever had to like call Facebook or email them and wait for a response for an ad, like how long does that take? takes a while. Right. <laughs> so here's the general By then process. your listing sold. <laughs> if I know like Hopefully. so you want to be able to have some leeway, right? I mean you want to get your ad out as early as you can in case there's a problem. Yeah. If you're in a rush, generally just delete it and make a new one. Okay. Right? Till something gets approved, kind right. of thing. But you don't want to do it too many times because there's an account quality score, and that's what determines whether your account gets banned or not. Oh my goodness. Right. So stay on the safe side. Good idea is, like I said, events are a good one. Another thing that you can do is like a video tour, like a walkthrough of, yeah. of the property in the house or whatever. Yeah. Especially, I mean, if you, you probably already have somebody coming out to do photos, maybe you're doing yeah. some drone shots or something, have them put together a tour for you. Yeah. And then voice over it. Yep. Right. This is the, you know, <laughs> something acre lot. Yeah. You know, and upload that video and then you can advertise the video. Right. Right. Usually you're doing short periods of time, so make sure you set a start and an end date on yeah. those ads. Oh. That can also help it get approved okay. because Facebook knows it's only going to be around for a short period of time. You're not going to be having it on forever. Wait, did you say do an event and then make that the ad? You can do an event ad or you can do a video ad. Okay. Um, or you can post some pictures of the house. Okay. Like a photo gallery kind of thing. Yeah. I really like... The idea of, of the video walkthroughs, I think they're really clever and they yeah, look good. I, I love it when realtors are doing the walkthrough and yeah. narrating, like the this narration is one of my part. favorite, you just know, like just like you were showing, showing it to somebody. Yeah, exactly. Just like the buyer has a GoPro on or something. You know, and you know, from real estate, uncensored, Greg, Greg McDaniel. McDaniel, yeah. He does fabulous walkthroughs. Go watch the walkthroughs that he does. Greg, I don't think I've seen one of your walkthroughs. They are amazing. So Greg freaks me out because he does cold right. calls live online and I it know. gives me anxiety every Beer time. Beer and calls? Ugh, I don't know how he does I'm it. I'm not even a real estate agent. I watch his show. Right, right. I need to, I haven't, I haven't, sorry, Greg, I haven't, well, no, I've seen, I've checked, I've seen his videos recently. Greg does these videos and they look like they're from like, I don't know, like Home and Garden TV or something. He's like, <laughs> like he's got his, his camera's vertical, right? And he's like looking over his shoulder and he's like, come on, let's go check out this house <laughs> kind of thing, right? I and then he's like, see. you have to watch, you know, look at I this beautiful view from here, you know? Yeah, and, and that's the clever stuff that yeah. gets people hooked and watching, you know? And also too, I tell agents, if you're doing, you know, obviously there's, there's again, techie people and non-techie people. Right. And now we're forced to all be technological, you know, in, in real estate. And it's so, it's just so hard for realtors because there are people 
people. Right. They want to be, they're around people. And so this is just a whole new thing that they have to learn. And it's, it's, it's a good tool. It's something they're always going to be able to use, even when we can like see people again and normally and all that good stuff. But it, learning this video part of it, you don't want to think of just having to do it for now. This is something that you can just add to your, right. you know, your marketing toolkit or whatever you want to call it. But And you want to take those relationships out of those platforms. Yeah. Right. So you don't want your relationship 100% to be just on Facebook or something right. because it's really vapid. It's easy. Yeah. You know, and if something ever happens, right? you know, to your account or something, gets yeah. broken into yeah. or, you know, Facebook changes the rules on you or something like that. Yeah. It's the, the whole idea of, of building your house on, on rented land, right? Yeah. It's, well, that's a good segue because we wanted to talk about email marketing. Sure. And that's kind of where we're, you know, we're, we, we do a couple emails a week. We're really consistent. But you and I were talking before the podcast and I was like, wait, we need to talk about that because I didn't even realize that. So for our listeners, we're going to have people that have a big database and then we're going to have people that have a couple hundred people in their database, which is a lot for, you know, a realtor or whatever. So you and I were talking about engagement, Mm -hmm. people that are that are opening it. And people well, that why don't aren't we take a step back about email and start kind of from the beginning. Okay. So <laughs> oh, that's a whole podcast. So we right. gotta shorten we'll, it. We'll have to tighten it up a little bit. Yeah. So I teach the inbox mastery email course. Okay. Right, which is for all industries. Yeah. But the first thing that almost everyone tells me is like if they're starting out their email list and maybe they've only got fifty people or hundred people, two hundred people, something like that yeah. on their list. They go, well, when should I start? How big should my list be before I start emailing them? Right. And the answer is as soon as you have one person on your list, you should be emailing them. Right. Because that person <laughs> doesn't know that no one else is on your list. Right. Right. They're yeah. expecting you to be to sending email them, them something. Right. Yeah. And then the next thing that you want to do is try and focus on building that list. And the way you build a list, this is the magic of email marketing, okay? This is just like the magic bullet for social media is live video. <laughs> okay. The magic bullet for email marketing is super simple. Find something that people want. Yeah. Ask them if they want you to email them that thing. Yeah. Then you email them that thing. Right. That's it. That's it. That's the whole <laughs> system, okay? That's the magic. Yeah. That's everything else is is kind of in the minutia of email, right? And I can attest to that because we did a um, we do the National Association of Realtors conference every year. I can't remember which year it was, but one year we had somebody come up to us and tell us that they had given us their card last year because that's what you do. You drop your card mm-hmm. in every single booth. And every year we try to come up with something clever so that you're not just dropping your card right. into a bowl or whatever. And it just always ends up being you drop your card into a bowl. But somebody came up to us the year after, our, I think it was our second conference, and she was like, yes, I will give you my card because last time I gave you my card, you actually emailed me. And you were the only person out of the whole conference that actually emailed me after wow. the show. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> and, terrible follow-up. <laughs> right. And they were, but it was so crazy that she remembered us for that. Right. That it was like, and all we did was just email people after the conference, which, you know, that's like, just like in real estate or, you know, it's a hot lead. Right. It's low hanging fruit. Like they're giving you their card to email I know, them. They want to hear from you. Yeah. They're not, you know, and maybe just, they want, maybe you're offering a, you know, giveaway a or whatever. Free prize or something. Yeah. I mean, if you're offering a trip to Hawaii or whatever, then yeah, they're going to give you your card, but still, you know. Okay, so now right. you've emailed so them. 
let me tell you a quick story. Before I took the inbox mastery course online, we used to do them in person, okay. right? So we would get 20 to 40 people in a room and we would go over kind of the basics of email marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. And almost every single time that we would have these kind of in-person ones, kind of the second thing I would go over after that magic point about email, right, is is that's your kind of magic takeaway number one is ask, create something somebody wants, mm-hmm. ask them if they, you know, if you can email it to them and if yep. they say yes, you email it to them. Yep. And then I would say, okay, so when I send out an email to my list, Several people will reply to my email and you look at the people in the crowd and they're like jaws drop of half the people. They're like, somebody responds to your email like as if it was like an unheard of thing. Right. right? Like, like, what do you mean? I'm sending an email and they're going to write you back. Right. And I'm like, they should be writing you back. If no one writes you back when you send out your email, your email is too boring. Right. Your email sucks. That's right. And you don't want your email to suck. No. You know what happens at the start of every month? I get a whole bunch of emails because I know tons of realtors, right? Yeah. I get a whole bunch of emails from CRM systems that are automated. Are they that all have the same? the same? They're uh, exactly the same. Yeah. And it just has a different person's name at the top and the yeah. bottom and their picture that's automatically stuck in because that's the one they put into the right. CRM. Right. I always say that, especially with email stuff, it's better to have less content if it's genuine than more content. And when it's not like if you put one thing in there and it's genuine, that's way more golden than having a whole bunch of, you know, here's how you repair your roof and here's how you spring cleaning and, you know, all that stuff. So I think that you're exactly right. And I do want to go back to something you said earlier, too, and asking, oh, wait, we didn't say this on the podcast. We were talking about this before is basically just emailing your customers and asking them a question. Mm -hmm. So what is the benefit of that? Because this was like, this was a gem for me. Like I didn't even realize this. So if you have people who haven't been opening your emails, which you can tell in your email program, you can go in yeah. or your CRM system, it'll tell you the open Unopened. rate. Yeah. Right? Usually what you can do is you can segment out people who are called non-openers. And usually there's a time frame, like people haven't opened your email in the last six months or the last year. Yeah. So what we do is something called a win back campaign. You want to win them back onto your list. <laughs> so you take all the people who haven't opened it, put them in a separate list. Sometimes, I mean, it's going to depend on your email program, but I mean, you can sort the, out the specifics for your own system. Yeah. You want to take people who haven't opened them and you want to send them something that's not a template, doesn't have a bunch of photos, no links, no selling, no sales, no coupons, no any of that kind of stuff. But right? if they're not opening it, they're not clicking on it. They're literally just dumping it in the trash. They're just or it's clicking. going to their spam folder and they never see it. Yeah, but if if they're just deleting it in their inbox, they're not even opening it, they're just deleting it, how do you catch their attention to even open it to get to that point? So the first thing that you want to do is have a subject line <laughs> that is super simple, no emojis and crap in it, right? Oh, we um, like emojis. Sometimes. Well, I mean, it's okay for Have people one. who are engaged, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. More oh. than one, use of more than one emoji is a signal that your email might be spammed, spam yeah. filters. Yeah, it gets annoying. Yeah. We like one. Sometimes yeah. it seems like doing three in a row of the same one seems to work okay. Yeah. I don't know why that is, why three, but. What I always see as spam is like the emojis before the word and after, or not even emojis, but just like symbols or whatever. Right. If I see a bunch of those, 
before and after the phrase or whatever the sentence, I'm probably not going to open it. Right. So there's two things that people can see before they open the email. Well, three, technically. They can see who the sender is. Yep. The sender should be a person. Yes. Right? So it should come from Tracy, not from All Things Real Estate. Yes. And we're talking about win, win back campaigns here, yes. right? To get those people having opened them, opening them. Yeah. Should be from a person. And then the subject should tell you exactly what's going to be in the email. So let's say the email was three ways to tell if your building contractor is, is going to be good or, you know, four ways to, you know, whatever it is, some kind yeah, yeah. of tips or something, right? Yeah. Quick real estate joke I heard the other day. Yeah. It's quick, easy subject line. Yeah. And then there's a preview line. Yep. Okay. Always fill in the preview line in yes. your in your mail program because otherwise it says to view this in your browser, click yeah. here. And everybody who sees that goes, Oh, that's a marketing email and they delete it. Yep. Okay. Well, and also the reason why I we do that is because a lot of people are answering from their phone. And I don't know, everybody's phones are obviously set up differently, but most people have at least the subject line and then the preview or the preview line is directly underneath it. Right. So but the other thing we also don't want to do is take one full sentence and break that into two because if people don't have that preview line showing up, then they just see half a sentence. Right. <laughs> so don't do that either. So yeah, you want to make them short. Yeah. So let's say maybe you're going to do a win, gap, win back campaign for, and let's say you're sending it to real estate agents, you know, maybe in your case, right? Yeah. Your win back campaign, maybe it's something like three tips for your farmer market booth. Right. And then the preview line would say something like tried and true tips that we've tested. Right. And then in your email, you just put the tips in, you know, hey, As make text. sure, yeah, have a have a wheel to spin that somebody can win a prize for the kids because the kids will bring their parents. Right. Da, 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 whatever those three tips are, right? Yeah. And hey, thanks. Great to hear from you, you know, from Tracy. Yep. No PS, go buy my shit. You know, yep. like yep. none no of that product, kind of stuff. No product, sweets. no photos, no header, no footer, no anything. Just some text. Okay. Because the object here is not to sell them. It's not to do anything except get the email into their inbox. Yes. So that they see it. Yes. So, and you can use photos in some cases. I mean, it's going to depend. Yeah. Like if your email that you're sending out is... Um, I mean, if you had a picture yeah. of the wheel... That right. you were telling them, you know, something cute like that. Right. But like, don't link it back to your website or anything. Yeah, you don't need to link it. Okay. You, don't need, you don't want to have a link in it because that's a signal that it might be a spam email. Yeah, yeah. Oh, to the Google people. Right, to spiders, whoever whatever. whoever the mail provider is for that person, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's Gmail, Hotmail, right. Frontier, Comcast, whatever, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah, super simple, just text. You can use a few photos if you need to. Like say it was something like three options for great hedges, Right. And you're going to put three photos in. Okay. That's fine. Right. That's awesome. And then just send it. And you want to send a, a few of those, like, you know, maybe once a week for a few weeks to okay. try and get people back onto your list. Yeah. And then generally you want to have something where you're going to ask a question. You want them to reply to the email. Yeah. So it could be something along the lines of we're going to be doing an event. Three. Here's three events that we're thinking of doing. If you have any other ideas or you like one of these, shoot me an email back and let me know which one you like the best. Right. Because as soon as they hit the reply button, yep. adds their now email to your contact list. Once you're in their contact list, your email doesn't go into their spam folder anymore. Right. So I'll tell you another quick story. 
So I don't know. Do you know David D'Angelo from out on the west side and D'Angelo Auto Sales? They sell kind of fancy used cars like Audis and Mercedes and stuff like that. Anyway, so he has a big list. He came to one of our email courses, right? Our inbox mastery course. And then he wanted to run the win back campaign. And so we said, why don't you send one? Just put three pictures of cars you currently have in stock and say, which car do you think is the fastest? Oh, nice. And it was, I think, an Audi, a Mercedes, and a BMW or something, right? And he got an email back from someone who said um, whatever car they think was the fastest. I don't remember which one. And he said, hey, you know what? Do you have that Audi in stock because I need a car? Right. And he came in and he bought a $35,000 car. And when he went in to say, and David's like, well, I haven't seen you in forever. He's like, well, I haven't got an email from you in like two years. <laughs> and because he sent the Winback email, it finally got out of the spam folder, made it into his inbox, and he went and bought a $35,000 car. That's and that whole funny. process took three days. Right. And was so, super easy to do. Right. But people don't know to do that. I didn't even know to do that. We do two emails a week. I mean, right. and we have, you know, half of our audience is openers and half are non-openers. Right. And so we've only been sending to the people that are engaged because that helps our chances of getting into their inbox and not into spam or whatever. That's why they say don't send it. So what I liked what you said earlier was to split those audiences up and send them in a separate, send the same email. You can just clone the email or however your platform has you do it. Clone it and then just send it to them as well. So you don't have to write out a whole new email. I mean, for the win back, doing something easy and simple like that is is right. also you need to do that. But you know, trying to get those people back engaged is that's a huge part of our list. I mean, it's half our list. Right. So and you want to get them engaged and you want to be sending those emails and have them in the inbox because even if they're not reading them right now, maybe they don't need anything from yeah. you right now. They're still seeing your name regularly. Well, and here's also an idea that I had while you were talking about that was, you know, one day when you're, if you, I don't know, everybody deals with emails differently. Like some people don't even do email. Like somebody posted on Facebook the other day, one of, one of my friends had like 68,000 unopened emails. I was like, what? (laughs) I have 10 and I panic. You know, I, I need that cleaned out all the time. But an, an idea is to, if you, you know, are going through your emails, take down notes, what you like and what you don't like about the emails that you get, mm-hmm. because a lot of people get stuck on what to email. What do I put in my email campaign? What do I, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to write about. I don't know what to, my subject line is going to be or any of that. So take notes of which ones you're just deleting and why. And then also which ones you opened and why. Just take a bunch Mm -hmm. of little tiny notes and then collectively look over those. I'm sure you'll see a pattern. And yeah, what is works for you isn't for everybody else. But at the same time, at least it gives you some ideas on what other people might be thinking as well. Because how often do you really think about emails that you delete? You know, you just just delete them for one reason or another. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I get a lot of listing emails too. And I will usually click because I want to see the price of the house. Right. I try to guess it because I'm a realtor. So I'm like, I bet the house is 800,000 and I see it and it's, you know, whatever, 900,000 or whatever. So there's always different reasons for that. But those are also probably good reasons why other people are also opening your email or not opening your email. So then you could have the email that you send them and you'd be like, check out this new Monte Vista home. Right. And then in maybe the 
preview line, you can right. say, I wonder if you can guess the price. Right. And then you put the home and you put something like maybe the last four digits of the price. Right. And you say, guess what the price <laughs> is and click here. Nice. And then have it go to your RMLS listing or your website listing so they can see what the price is. That's a cute idea. And now idea. you get them to come to your website. I like that. Then you can retarget them with a Facebook ad. <laughs> see, and that's a, also too, like if I would have never out loud would have said that if we weren't talking about this today, right. I wouldn't have, I only thought about it because we're talking about it. So if you're intentionally, while you're looking at your emails, thinking of those things, you're going to come up with really great ideas yeah. on what you can do, you know, because I think a lot of people underestimate themselves. They're like, I'm busy. I don't have time. I, got, right. I can't think of a subject line or I can't do this, but you're probably, it's right there on the tip of your tongue. You just right. don't realize it. You know what? There's two more super easy tips that people can do. All right. They're super, super easy. Right. Number one is make a content calendar. Yeah. That can just yeah, be a list. Easy. Here's all the topics. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the easy way to make a content okay, calendar, good, right? The first thing you do, let's say you're going to email every week. Okay. So you got 52 spots. So you need a spreadsheet with 52 lines on it. Yeah. Right. Just drag the date column down. So it has every week in it. Yeah. And then you go, okay, well, this is the new year, right? Cause it's the beginning of the year. So yeah. I'm going to talk about new year's resolutions. Yeah. Right. And then go look up every holiday. And put all the holidays in, yeah. right? And now you've got 12, 15 or so, depends where you live, right? Yeah. Um, what all those holidays are in, now you've got 15 out of 50. You've 30% completed your content calendar for the whole year. You haven't done any real work Okay, yet. let me just say something really quick about that, though. Holidays, you get inundated with holiday crap in your inbox. You put so, your own spin on it. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to do something on a holiday talk about your family or do something consistent, you know, and do it every year. You know, if you do, if you have a holiday tradition around Thanksgiving or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, talk about that because next year they're going to expect, not expect it, but it's going to be a nice surprise that you're doing the same thing that you did last year. And you're like, okay, last year you guys saw I burned the turkey and then we ended right. up with pizza or whatever. So, you know, and then you could also build on that and do, you know, if you're, if you are talking about Thanksgiving for the week, instead of just talking about thanks, you know, you could talk about, okay, this is how I'm going to not burn my turkey this year. You guys, I'm buying a thermometer or whatever, right. you know what I'm saying? Like build on that kind of stuff and be authentic about, you know, who you are. Don't just put out a happy Thanksgiving with a turkey right. on it or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Don't, don't make generic. Stuff. Right. And do you think generic is bad? And think of stuff that you can do every year because even though it seems like, oh, well, next year is a year away, it comes fast. And you're like, you know, yeah. you get one under your belt. I have an agent that she's been doing contests and giveaways. She does them every month. She's done them for like eight years. Right. And she gets so much engagement on her Once Facebook. something works, keep doing it. Yes, yes. Consistency. Yep, yep. And give it a chance. And people get tired of it, right? They go, oh, well, yeah. I've been doing this for three months. I should do something else. No. Well, if it's working, if it's working don't, don't. Keep doing it. Yeah, that's always our problem. And most like, stuff doesn't really work until you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And people expect it and you don't even know that, you know? Right. And, and it's like people do a podcast. They get six episodes in. They got twenty listeners. They go, ah, it's probably not worth it. Yeah, but that was. But you don't get any people. listeners till you get your first year, right? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's you have to and ask, just like we were saying before, like reach out and just say, you know, hey, I'm doing this podcast. I don't know if you listen to it yet, or 
Or if you're sending it to people that have listened to it, ask them what they liked right. about it. Ask them what they didn't like about it. Because that's the stuff Absolutely. that people don't want to tell you. But if you're asking them. You know what email nobody really likes? The current market condition is <laughs> such and such. And there's no, been this time on market. And, yeah. But you know what people do like? That exact same thing with you explaining it to them. I was just going to say that. I have seen several videos on Facebook they're all saying the same thing, but I love watching them because they're talking about it. Right. It's usually two people in an office together and they're like, okay, and they're reading stats. They're reading right. the stuff that people are posting, but they're talking about it. And I, I'm, I, I'm loving that, but that's just another example of right. all the things that you can take that you do, you know, data or information or memes or whatever right. and take that and, and just have the conversation. I've been doing the inbox mastery courses in person for years, I would say, okay, anyone who is not a realtor is yeah. not allowed to answer. Okay. <laughs> and then I would read the latest email that I got from a realtor. Yeah. Just whatever it is. Yeah. It's always statistics. Yeah. It never has any information about it. And then I ask them if any of them understand any of it and they all say no. Oh no. No one understands it. <laughs> Nobody knows what it's for. What it means. Like, yeah. I mean, in some cases, and here's the, the excuse I always get is, well, you know, I got an email from Bob and Bob said that he loves it. Yeah. Right. Well, Bob's an engineer and Bob likes math. Right. Everyone else doesn't. Right. Yep. So, I mean, I like math. I like statistics. Yeah. I like looking at them, yeah. but I still don't understand what all the shit on it is. Well, and I'm probably looking at one, I'm targeting in on one thing. I just want to see what's in my neighborhood right. and what, you know, so why not instead send your previous clients who are in such and such neighborhood a quick email, bomb right. bomb. We talked about this. A lot of people are using bomb bomb, like use it intentionally for those kinds of things, things that are. You know, right. we've been talking about it too and at all things. Like Bonbon's video email. Well, yeah. Or Bonjour is another one that does it. It just, we wouldn't use it enough to make, for it to make sense for us. But there's some agents that freaking use it all the time and it it's great yeah. for them. But we definitely wanted to, Nona and I just had this conversation about DMs and we had a guest on prior and she was saying that she gets a ton of her business from DMs, but it's not about the DM. It's about the conversations. It's right. about, you know, and so Nona and I were trying to figure out how we can do that without being weird, you know, like, oh, you don't want to just go into someone's DM and talk about, because I was talking more about like past customers that we haven't seen in a long time. Like, right. hey, Sarah, I don't know if you saw this. And we were like, okay, we don't want it to be weird and salesy. But if it's a video about that product and we can send it to several people, but it's still us talking about the product, it's still personal enough to where right. you're actually doing the same thing as a Facebook ad. It's just, it's different because it's you in person. Right. And everybody misses people right now and humans anyway. So and I think you want is important. Everybody has heard the idea that storytelling is yeah. what you should be doing, yeah. but they don't know how to make a story. And the problem is they're overcomplicating it. Yeah, right? totally. So there's a really good example. There's there's this old TV commercial. You might even remember this one because you and I are about the same age because okay. it's a little bit of an older one. <laughs> there's, there's a street and on each side of the street, there's a music store. 
And in front of one, there's a Coke machine. In front of one, there's a Pepsi, Pepsi. machine, right? Yeah. And like one kid on one side of the street yep. hits the Coke machine and goes in the music store. And yep. the other side of the street, the kid hits the Pepsi machine and goes into the store. And then it shows that one kid later on in life playing a tuba. Yeah. And then the other kid, it shows that he's Jimi Hendrix in playing guitar, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and, and there was nothing about it, right, that, that says, it doesn't say you should buy, buy Coke, Coke. Or it doesn't say, well, the market trend is that right. 27% more people. People have been using Coca-Cola than totally. Pepsi-Cola products when they're in a market of yeah. Los Angeles, greater, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, who does that really well is, you know, Shelly Zavitz, of course, right? Because you mm-hmm. guys have her book here, the first 365 days of real estate. Yep, yep. She has the, her COVID closing stories that she tells on I Facebook. actually think I gave her that idea. Oh, did you? Because I was like, you know, first I've of all. I've seen those lately. They're really good. Yeah, because we talked about it. She had come in the store, COVID had first started happening. And she was saying that as a realtor, she felt really uncomfortable about celebrating her closings online because there are people that are losing their jobs and their health is, you know, at danger and, you know, all that. And so, and I was like, no, you like being able to close a house during a pandemic is a big deal for the people that just closed their house in the middle of a pandemic, whether it was a sale or a purchase. I was like, you need to celebrate that, but it's how you tell the story and Mm -hmm. it's how you approach it. And if you're, you know, I think, and we actually tried a COVID closing testimonial prop and it did not fly at all. Because, but it works for her as an individual to do that. And that stuff works for some agents and it doesn't for others. And I think that's where people make the mistake of trying to do something that is working for someone else. And even though it's not working for them, they keep, they're like determined to make it work, but like do what works for you, you know? But the story itself that she's telling is not necessarily covid related no, all the time right no. like anyone it's a typical closing so here's story. what i see i see realtors and i have like i said I, I mean i have hundreds if not thousands of realtors between all the groups and lists and stuff that yeah. i see their stuff and the majority of what i see is um you know close this house and there's a picture of the house and they've written sold across it with photoshop yeah. or canva Please or something right um but what actually works is like, you know, the they got their testimonial prop and the family's there and they're yeah. happy and they're holding their keys and they're in front yeah. of the front door of the house. And it says, you know, Janet and Kathy were having a hard time finding their first house. Um, this is what happened. And then, you know, there, there was a few bumps along the way and, yeah. and we found out that the first property we wanted had a bad foundation or something. But yep. luckily we were able to find this other pocket listing I had that came <laughs> yeah. on the market just in time. And exactly. we were able to get it closed in, in 14 days. And, yeah. you know, so now it's a story that somebody's going to relate to. Yeah. And more right? people are doing that for sure. But Shelly putting that spin on it, like sometimes you just have to think of things a little bit differently than yeah. your program to in your brain. It's like, wait, let me think about this a little bit more. Um, and again, doing stuff that works for you is, is super key. For sure. Yeah. So, so we're, you know what? I said I was going to give you two email marketing okay, well, tips, I'm gonna we talked about we're the gonna first one We're going to do one, one more. Day. We were going to talk about Pinterest, but That's we're right. going to have to make that in another I know. Podcast we're going to run out of time. We, yeah. So give so us anyways, your last tip and that'll be our outgoing. Number two is don't look up on the internet what time and what day you should send your email. <laughs> Because everybody else looks it up too, and then they all send I'll them at send the same them at time. At the same time, yeah. You should send them when you think your people are more like most most likely to read them. Yes, I really like for real estate related emails. Yeah, if you're sending to you know people who are going to be buyers and sellers. Yeah, 
I like to send those either on uh, like a Thursday afternoon or a Tuesday afternoon because people are kind of bored at work, you know, they, yeah. it's after lunch, but they, they don't really want to work. They're kind of procrastinating. That's a good time. Yeah. But here's the thing too, is you need to know your audience. You need yeah. to know the people that are in your email. You know, for us, obviously we can't know everybody, but what I do know is they're all realtors. And so for us trying to figure out which days we go by a couple things, we go off of the day and the time that they purchase the most. Mm -hmm. But now I'm not sure that that's accurate because they might be purchasing the most because we're sending an email right. on that day. But we also know that realtors work on the weekends. So mm -hmm. they, that's not the best time, but we do, we did start a Sunday email. We call it the Sunday scoop. And that one's actually been doing really well. But we also know that if well, before COVID, if they're sitting in an open house and nobody's in there yet, then they're going to open it from their right. phone. So, and then we send them on Wednesday mornings and Wednesday seems to be, you know, it's hump day. People seem to right. be, realtors are like, okay, I got my Monday, Tuesday work out of the way. And then they're more getting ready to go into their work weeks, right. Wednesday through Sunday in a way. Tuesday's always broker tour day, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're top of mind thinking about their business. So us sending them a product, you know, and we also send our emails, not just hoping that we will sell them a product, but that we will spark an idea for something that they can do in their business. And then hopefully, you know, we'll get to help out by them having our product in that, you know, assisting them in the testimonial props or whatever. Right. So knowing who your audience is and what your intention is, is definitely probably the most important thing. Right. And then and everything else kind of falls into place. The time to send the email, mm -hmm. what to put in the email, what the subject line should be, all that good stuff. So and keep your, if you're sending internationally or nationally, keep your time zones in mind. Yeah, we have a problem with that. So we tried, it's funny because we try to do, we, half of our customers are from the East Coast, like right. Florida and um, a couple other states um, on the East are a huge uh, customer base for us. But we found that sending it to them, and I don't know if it's because now it's a habit, we always send it to them nine o'clock our time, which means they're not getting it till 12. We tried to switch it so that they're getting it at nine and we got a lower open rate. Right. I think it might be because they're so used to getting it from us at noon. I, I mean, nobody's like sitting so by their email waiting on like, our email, but. There's a thing that people call the purge. <laughs> no. Not like the movie, but um, the purge is when you wake up in the morning and yes. you grab your phone and you I check a couple everything. things. And you look at your email. Yeah, you, your, delete, delete, delete. your object in the morning yeah. is not what can I read? Right. It's what can I get rid of so I have more time to do stuff yes. today. We send it about anywhere between nine and 10. We do change it up a little, nine and right. 10 30. And that's again, going off of me personally, like, you know, I delete all my emails before nine or whatever. And then any emails after that, maybe I'm at my desk and I can like right. open it up. And so we try to change that up a little bit, but we never want to do, but then again, we're hitting our audience on the East coast at noon. Right. So, so there's also some mail programs have like on MailChimp, it's called time warp. Yeah. And that is, you can say, I want to send this at 9 a.m. in the native time of each yeah, time Yeah, you just zone. have to get your email done before. But you have to get your email done by <laughs> 6 a.m. to get it done. Yeah, well, yeah. sometimes it's even like or you might it requires have to have like a 24-hour, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've always tried to... Now, there's another option in, and you can only do this generally if you've been sending for like six months already, where some mail programs will send it separately to each 
user at the time that yeah. they're most likely to open. Yeah. We've That's seen a little works. increase with it, but yeah, it depends on the business. And it makes me feel unstable. Like, yeah, you I don't feel know like, when they're getting it. Did they really get it? Yeah, I don't like it. And then that's also me habit. What you know, it's a habit for me. It's just a business thing, I guess. That's right. In my brain. Well, we could talk about email all day, but <laughs> we didn't even. Get all right. Well, maybe we need to. Yeah. Next time we'll 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 have Matt back, and then we'll talk about Pinterest. And that's right. We can jump more into also like Instagram, and I think maybe we, we'll do a live stream about Pinterest and Instagram. Yeah, let's do that. We do a live stream about live streaming. We'll do a live stream Super about meta. live streaming. <laughs> You'll probably have used like five new platforms prior to that. <laughs> so. That's right. All right, Matt. I just well, joined Mind today. That's a new see, social media I know. Media I was going to ask you what happened to the old one. And I was like, no, I know you too well. I know there's always something <laughs> new. So it doesn't even matter. So, That's right. All right, Matt. Everybody can find Matt at Hook SEO. Mm-hmm. HookSEO.com or the Digital Marketing Masters podcast. And I also do the Inbox Mastery email course. So you can just Which is new, yeah. type Inbox Mastery into the Google. And it's actually third because there's two really popular courses called Inbox <laughs> Zero, where people are trying to get rid of email. Wow. My program is to get your email delivered. That's awesome. Okay, I have to check that out too. And then you can find us on all things real estate. Dot com or just all things real estate. We're pretty lucky too because nobody else has that name. That's right. So we're, we're pretty up there in the Googles too. All, right, all right. Everybody go out and make some money. And email. And email people. Email and make some money. <laughs> Thanks, guys. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.